I love me some S-U-M. Because y'all know how to praise. Y'all know how to praise. Look at your neighbor and say, y'all do good. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of people knowing how to sing slow songs, but they don't know how to praise. See, last time I checked, you can't get into his presence any other way. The Bible says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. That means your heart is grateful. But he said, I will enter his courts with praise. Praise is not hallelujah. Oh, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be. No, uh Uh-uh. David was our example. He's the one that wrote it. He danced till his clothes came off. Some of y'all need to practice your groove. But you better tighten up your gear. We do not want to see all that. Okay? Some of us who weigh a little bit more, you know, we need to tighten up and cover more, you know what I'm saying? Because I be jiggling. I be jiggling sometimes. But you know what? I don't care what you think because I ain't crazy. this word really fast. I gotta move quickly, okay? My name is Alan Griffin. I'm an evangelist. I travel. All I do is travel and scream at people. And uh, we are blessed of God because SUM is a kind of organization that understands me. See, I live by faith. I live by faith. The only way we receive income is by traveling and preaching the gospel. And that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to live by faith. And so today, I come to you on behalf of the word of God to declare that faith and power are about to explode in this house today. We're going to operate in another dimension of the spirit this, this weekend. We're going to another, everybody says a whole other level. I say we're going to a whole other dimension. That means where we were before, it's not going to be anything like where we're going. Uh-huh. How many of y'all been fasting with us this, 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 this uh, January? Uh-huh. I'm so sick of vegetables. 21 days just about killed me. I thought I was going to die. Some people are like, you need to go 40 because you fat. Shut up. I curse you in the name of carrots. <laughs> Grab your Bible, turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. And uh, those of you that are, that are watching stream, let me let you know right up front. I'm going to go NIV, NIV, then King James, okay? So if I go NIV, NIV, New King James, don't get mad at it, brother. Because I like both. I get all the translations. I like everybody. But Isaiah chapter 6. And while you're looking that up, I got a commercial. Um, today's message is brought to you by the Bible. And uh, I've got DVDs available and CDs of messages that you can pick up. Now, I just want to tell you right now. When I was in school, that was a long time ago. I know I look sexy, but I'm old. Um... Can I say that? Yeah. I'll never say it. I promise not to say it in five minutes. And uh, I, I struggled with my development as a, as a speaker because I didn't grab a hold of speakers and listen to the material to feed myself. You need to feed your craft, your gifting. If you want to be an outreach evangelist, you need to feed yourself outreach evangelism. If you want to be a missionary, you need to feed yourself with the wisdom of missionaries. And that's why you're here, because at SUM, we don't put people in front of you that are theorists. We put people in front of you that are practitioners, people that do what they're talking about. We don't just talk about it, we live it. 
And so I want you to get, if your, your desire is to do evangelism, you need to get some of this material and feed your spirit, mind, and body what you're going to be doing. Okay, and that's why I'm going to give these to you really cheap. Darren's going to hook you up. That's my brother right there, Darren. He's going to connect with you and hook you up. So get these before you leave and feed yourself the word. Get stuff in you that will help you be a better version of you. I got one back there called No Trespassing. <laughs> It's funny. It's, isn't that so funny? You're going to accidentally fart. It's funny. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the truth. It will change your life. Okay? I just believe laughter doing good like a medicine. Everybody needs to laugh a little bit. And, and, and there's potty humor in some of this stuff. This woman got stuck on the toilet for a year. And then I have another one back there called Deal or No Deal. I wish I was preaching that this morning. I wanted to preach this morning, but I felt like the Lord has me going somewhere else. Deal or No Deal is amazing. We're actually going to make this. I, I've already got conversations going about a movie about that message. It's hilarious. But it's all about holiness. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to live holy. If you want to see God, you got to live holy, the Bible says. And then I have one back there called State of Mercy, which I believe I'm going to be able to speak with you tomorrow morning. If you want to uh, sleep in and skip the service and get the DVD, don't do it because I will find you and cut you. Amen. <laughs> I'll be here for you tomorrow morning. And then I have a t-shirt out there. It's in Oakland Raiders colors. Why? Because they're important. Yes, yes. And it says, I'm God's favorite. Don't hate San Francisco fans. You ain't going to some bull either. And, uh, <laughs> I let my haters be my elevators. What? It says, I'm God's favorite. And I love this because it causes people to ask you why you're wearing the shirt. What is that about? I love it because people always ask me about it. And I always get to share my, my faith with them. I tell them, listen, the Bible says, before the world was created, God chose me to be a son of God. In other words, there was a draft in heaven. And God picked you. He picked you in the first round of heaven's draft. He chose you. Satan didn't even have a pick. God chose you first. And then what's really cool is I show in the back. Pow. Who says, so are you. The very fact that I'm standing in front of you and you're asking about this shirt is a divine appointment. And that means that God wants me to pray for you. How can I pray for you that your relationship with God would get better? Bam! Lead people to Christ, baby. That's what it's all about. So you need to pick this up. This one's for Dr. No. He'll have that one. And, and then I'll give him all these because, you know, he really needs my preaching. <laughs> if you're ready for the word, somebody say, bring it. Let me open up this goofy electronic deal here. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah declares, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. This is my favorite part. Above him were seraphs or angels, each with six wings. With six they covered their with, with two they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. Awesome. <laughs> the whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Isaiah says, Woe unto me! I'm ruined! I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the angels flew to him with a live pole which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched his lips and said, see, this has touched your lips. Your sin is taken away. Your guilt atoned for. Isaiah says, then I heard a voice from heaven calling and saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. And I love God's reaction. 
What does God say? First word he says. I can't hear you. What did he say? Do you know that every time somebody in the Bible, every time I can remember anyone having an encounter with God in the Bible, God ends the encounter with this one word. He almost never says stop. He's always saying, he told Moses, he told Aaron, he told Ruth, he told everybody, he told the woman at the well, he told the woman out of the issue of blood, he told the woman caught in the very act of adultery, he told the man who was lame, he told everybody to, when he rose up from the earth, he told the disciples, into all the world and make disciples. Christ, he ends the encounter with the word. He's never telling you to stop. God's in heaven right now. He's your greatest cheerleader. And you know what he's saying? He's saying, go, 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 go. He's always saying, go. Some people think God's in heaven with a lightning bolt saying, I'm going to strike you dead if you don't. Stop it. Stop, stop, stop. Nope. You know what he's saying? Go, 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 go. You know what he's saying to, to Dr. No? Go, saints. Go saints, go saints, go saints. Even though they didn't. It's okay, y'all. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. God doesn't even say go to us. He just says help. He's like, somebody help him. Somebody help them. That's messed up. I believe God is a football player. In the fields are white in the harvest. Amen. This is a great story. In fact, this story reminds me of my junior year in high school. How many of you remember your junior year in high school? I remember my junior year in high school, man. I had one thing on my mind. It wasn't God, it was girls. And my junior year in high school, man, every year we would go to a place. It was a roller coaster amusement park called Cedar Point. I love that place. It's in Sandusky, Ohio. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. My dad was a military Air Force veteran, and, and we traveled all over the world, and, and finally we settled in Michigan. I don't know why, and we were there, and every year we would take a trip to Cedar Point. This place is awesome. They had like, back then they had like 14 roller coasters, and man, I love roller coasters, and so every year, right around Labor Day, we would go there, and this particular year, my junior year, I was in rare form. I'd grown a few inches, I thought I was handsome, I had two hairs on my chin and one on my chest, and I was going to mack some girls on this trip. My goal was to have a bus buddy. Everybody know about a bus buddy? A bus buddy is a girl that you ride the bus together all the way to the event, and on the way back, by the time you're on the way back, you're holding pinky fingers. And you walk through the amusement park swinging pinkies. And then you go to the midway and you throw balls at targets. And knock the targets down. And then you win a big stuffed animal. You give it to her and she kisses you on the cheek. Except what I'll do is she go to kiss you on the cheek and be like. That was my goal. So the other thing I wanted was cotton candy. How many of y'all like cotton candy? Okay, cotton candy's like Christian dope. I love me some cotton candy. I would just straight snort it if I could. Cotton candy, son. That was out of control. So we get on the bus. We're rolling to see. This is spiritual. Just see the man. We're rolling to Cedar Point. It's about three, four hours away, and we get about an hour away from Cedar Point when all of a sudden, bus breaks down. How many of y'all ever been on the bus when the bus broke down? Y'all notice the bus never breaks down going somewhere you don't want to go? Yeah. Bus always breaks down when you want to go somewhere.
somewhere. Always. It doesn't make any sense. Bus never breaks down going to school. Bus breaks down when you're leaving school. Bus never breaks down on the way to the public library. Bus never breaks down on the way to jail. Isn't there still a jail bus broke down the side of the road? We really want to go to jail right now, but we can't get there. No. It's crazy. And church buses are the most evil buses of all time. I don't know what's wrong with church buses, but they wait. The women's ministry, it, the air conditioning works for the women's ministry. The air conditioning works for the kids' ministry. But the youth take that bus. Everything goes wrong. So we're almost to Cedar Point, and all of a sudden it breaks down. So we get off the bus. Now, my youth pastor was brand new. He'd only been there like a few months, and he needed an education because he didn't know anything about youth ministry, and he certainly didn't know anything about church buses. And so we get off the bus, and we're like, oh, man, they did it again. This stupid bluebird bus. I hate this bus. I hate this bus. Right about then, the new youth pastor named Jeff walks up and goes, I know what we'll do. We will pray for the bus. Let's pray for the bus. And he laid his hands on the bus. But then before we could stop him, he starts to pray over the bus. He's like, Lord, we're like, no! And when he lays his hand on the bus, all of a sudden you heard a ting, 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 and oil started coming out the bus. And that was not anointing oil. <laughs> Walked up to him and said, told you, man! You dumb new you pastor, you know nothing about church buses. Church buses are demon-possessed. You gotta pray and fast to get that demon out of there. You can't just be walking up to any bus and laying your hand on it. Now it's done. It's over, son. We're gonna be stuck out here forever. We were stuck in the South Road for four and a half hours. Finally, they get a, a, a big thing, comes pick up the bus, they take us to a bus depot mechanic shop. This dude comes out with some dirty coveralls, all greasy, looking like a cartoon, man. Walks up, put his hands in his coveralls, goes, Y'all bus broke. <laughs> Now, I speak country, okay? I'm, I'm trilingual. I speak English, ghetto, and country. Because my daddy's from Norfolk, my mama from Charleston. You know what I'm saying? I speak country. And when a dude comes out and, and uses extra syllables, it's for emphasis, okay? So if that country dude came out and said, y'all bus broke, that means your bus is messed up. It's going to take a few hours to so get it back on the road soon. If he comes out and says, y'all bus broke, that means it's going to take half the day at least to get the parts in from another city. And you'll get on the road tomorrow. But if he says, y'all bus borrowed, you ain't never going to get that bus running again. You're not going to dig a hole and carry the bus. All my New Orleans students, you know what I'm talking about. I've seen your buses. It's crazy. So, dude, check this out. We go to the bus people. We're like, what do we do now, stupid new youth pastor? I know what we'll do. We'll go to the church we're sleeping at tonight and maybe we can figure out a way to get to the park tomorrow. Tomorrow? What's wrong with you? This candy, cotton candy addiction will not wait for anybody. <laughs> we waited. We went to that dumb church, Sandusky, First Assembly of God. I'll never forget as long as I live. We sat there in this church parking lot. Wondering what we're going to do while they're trying to open the door. And I'm like, I hate everybody. I hate the bus. I hate the people. I hate this church. I hate the world. All I want is a pinky, hold girl's hands, kiss on the cheek, turn to the kiss on the lips, get some cotton candy, eat it. Awesome. Why are we not doing this? Because we have a crazy youth pastor that doesn't know about buses. I hate this trip. I hate this trip. Right about then, I saw some guys playing football. 
Stupid guys playing football. I hate you guys too. Why you gotta be playing football right now? Why is everybody happy? I'm mad! Cotton candy, dude! Right about that time, I noticed there's some girls watching the guys play football. So I started to play football. <laughs> and I'm running and diving to catch the ball and diving on the concrete, you know? The girls over there, go Allen, go Allen. He is so stupid diving on that concrete right there. Go Allen. I forgot about the bus breaking down. I forgot about everything. I was having a blast, man. I was kicking it. And then, clouds rolled in. And then, lightning. <laughs> then, the clouds opened and rain. Not just any rain. The greatest rainstorm in Sandusky history hit that day. There were tornadoes. There were earthquakes. I don't know. There was crazy stuff going on. We were outside and it rained so hard, there were frogs falling from the sky. A tornado, I'm serious, a tornado picked up a pond and dumped it on the church. A frog on a lily pad, flying through there, talking about, run boy, run! So I did, I ran inside the building, you know why? Because brown sugar melts in the rain, hey. White, white, white sugar dust too. We all ran in the building. We ran in the building and then I was like, oh my goodness, this trip is terrible, man. This is terrible. What are we gonna do now? Then somebody pulled out some Uno cards. All oh, snap. Now y'all know I don't play with some that's my game right there. Uno, oh snap. See, when I was growing up, everything else was sin. You know what I'm saying? Some of y'all old school. Your parents are old school. My parents, everybody say old school. My parents put the old in school. My daddy coughs dust, son. They are old. And man, my parents, everything was sin growing up. We couldn't get away with nothing. You know, you try to go to the movies. Oh man, back when I was a kid, they called that sin. You they call that the movie house. My mom be like, if you go to that movie house, you go to hell. I'm like, uh uh. She be like, hold up, let me tell you what's gonna happen. You gonna be in the theater watching Bambi. The demon from Friday the 13th is gonna see through the wall, shoot Bambi's mama, and drag your soul to hell. I was like, ah! My parents scared the mess out of me growing up. Everything was sin, dude. Oh, cards, man. The only cards we already played was Uno. Because if you played up a, pick up a deck of regular playing cards, you played some poker or something, you go straight to hell. My mom be like, if you play with some real cards like that, you know what's gonna happen? The demon of the ace of spades is going to sink into your fingertips and drag your soul to hell. It's like, ah! Oh! play cards. Oh, dice? I know you didn't just say dice. When I was growing up, my mom would be like, dice? Did I just see you with a die? I didn't even know there was such a word, but somebody told me there's a singular for dice. Die. I am smart. She goes, you pick up those dice. Yahtzee? There's like 200 dice in that game. You pick up those dice and you roll them, six, 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 the dice will catch fire and drag your soul to hell. I'm like, ow! Couldn't play dice. Couldn't do nothing, man. When I was growing up, everything was sent you to hell. If you ripped that tag off your blanket, your pillow, or your mattress, it says, do not remove. That's messed up. But this was Uno. This was legal. So I'm winning, dog. I'm like, I'm drawing two. What? I'm winning. I'm winning. All of a sudden, boom! No, it's more like this. Boom! All the lights went out. 
going on. Let's go see what it is. Get down here, white boy. They're shooting at us. They're shooting. Dude, we're in Sandusky, Ohio. Why are we acting like we're in Compton? What are they going to do? Like ride by on a cow and throw corn cobs at us? Like, I'm a cob, you fool. I'm a cob, you pick it up. It was pitch black in there, nobody could see me. <laughs> so finally we felt our way down the hallways. Oh, I'm so stupid. We made our way into the sanctuary of the church, there's stained glass windows everywhere. To finally see. And, 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 and I was miserable. Everything went wrong. Never made it to the park, never got to even play one football game. Barely made it to a third of a game of Uno, and everything went wrong. We're in the sanctuary. I'm like, this is the worst trip in the, in the history of trips. Like, this just burned this youth pastor at the stake. This is crazy. And right about that time, one of my friends, his name was Tom, or, or Tomas, walks up to the keyboard and starts playing and singing. And, and Tomas, he was the talented student, you know? He could do like 50 different things, you know, he was talented, he could play instruments and stuff. I hated Tom. Everybody's got a, a, a talented kid around, you know what I'm saying? A talented kid. I hate that person. And then on top of it, <laughs> then on top of it, he's all annoyed and stuff. I hate him. So he's up there singing, and I'm like, I hate you, Tom. Well, I couldn't say it out loud, you know. <laughs> and, and he's up there, I am the guy that he left me. I am the Lord, your healer. Shut up, fool. <laughs> Broke down bus. I don't want to sing no stupid songs. And I noticed there was girls up there singing. <laughs> so I went up there to sing. I am the God that healeth. I am the Lord. Spiritual, you'll see. My healer. I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord. You're singing again. And so. Right about that time, Tom switched gears. And this joker went into a song I love, one of my jams. He sang, I love you now. And I lift my voice to worship you. Oh, my soul, rejoice. Take joy, my King. In what you hear, and let it be a sweet, sweet sound in your ear. And man, I lost it. I was like, that's my cut. That's my chip. I got all, bam, my hands was up. And I, and I walked over to the edge of the stage. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get away from all the girls and stuff. And let me just sing and maybe it'll help. And I forgot all about, you know, everything that went down. And I started walking towards the stairs. And then I woke up. And when I woke up, I was laying down the stairs like this. And I couldn't move. Something was on me. And I was like, what is and I couldn't move. So I started trying to get someone's attention. I'm like, help. Help me. Anybody. Come on, man. 
How do we have an encounter? Let's study these two examples out of Scripture. The Bible says that Isaiah had an encounter where he saw God. See, I've never seen God, but I want to. Isaiah saw God. Moses didn't even see God. Moses saw the glory that came after God. Some would say he saw the back part of his garment. But I know one thing for a fact. He never saw God's face. The Bible says he spoke to God as a man does face to face. But he, the Bible never says that he saw God's face. Isaiah saw God. Seated on the throne. He saw him in all of his glory. How? First verse. Uzziah died. Uzziah represents many things. Integrity. Historical significance and leadership. Yes. All that. But he also represents arrogance and pride. The Bible says as, as, as King Uzziah grew older, he grew arrogant. And one day, he decided to offer an unauthorized sacrifice to God. He tried to walk right up into the temple, past the Levites with their swords. I'm so surprised they didn't cut him down. Tried to usher himself past the high priest to act like he was a priest. And God looked down from heaven and said, oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> Hand me that leprosy. Bam! Struck him over the forehead with leprosy. Instant death sentence. You know what's amazing is that was prophetic, man. Pride is the disease that kills and it starts here. The manifestation of his punishment was the manifestation of where, where, the, where the injury, where the failure started right here. Thinking he was more than he really was. See, pride will keep you out of seeing God. It'll keep you from seeing God. Pride will keep you from experiencing God the way you can. See, I told some of you today, let's praise him in a way you never had before. And somebody said, I don't have to. I'm a worship leader. I'm a this. I'm a that. Uh, can I tell you that in the kingdom of God, there are psalmists, but they're not part of the fivefold ministry. You can study worship all you want, but the only part of the fivefold ministry, pastors, apostles, teachers, missionaries, evangelists, he's talking about prophets. Worship leader is just an instrumentalist. If you're going to be a real worship leader, you better be a pastor. And that means that you do things you don't want to do. So other people will follow you and do things that they need to do for Christ as well. You told me you don't need to. You told him you didn't need to because you think that your past accomplishments mean something today. See, Uzziah thought his past accomplishments, he could walk in the presence of God and assume the role of the priest. And it does not mean that. No matter how faithful you are, you don't get to take a day off. We don't get a, a moral holiday. Well, I've been good this week. Let me go smoke and drink some beer. No, we don't get to do that. There's no time off in the spirit. It's every day. Grinding. Working for the king. He's not that bad. His arrogance, you know what it did? Separated him from God. He was never then able again, one time ever, able to go back to the temple. Never again able to go back in the palace. Never again able to love, hug, share, kiss his wife or his children. Never again able to go back into his own bedroom, in his own house. Ever put on the robes that he used to wear. He had to go stay in an outhouse back behind the palace. And he was hidden from society. Because everywhere he went, he either had to be hidden or say, Unclean! Get back! Get away! I'm leprous! I'm unclean! I can't touch you! Please get away from me! What a miserable way to be. And you know what? There's a lot of preachers with leprosy right now. 
I'm not talking about old preachers. I'm talking about young preachers with old cool mentality. Running around talking about you've seen it all, you've done it all, and you're 22. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to prove myself anymore. Baby, I prove myself every day. I have to die daily. There's nothing about me that is renewed every day except mercy. I've got to go for it every day. Prove my love every day. Not just by actions, but by my affections, my heart, everything. Because pride will shut you down. It'll stop you dead in your tracks. The next encounter is the final encounter. <clears throat> Y'all get anything out of this? Y'all didn't think that story was going to have anything to do with it. It probably didn't, but it was funny. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible says there's a woman. <laughs> well, let's set it up, okay? Let's go to chapter 5. And let's go verse 23. A man pleaded earnestly with Jesus, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. There was a woman there, the Bible says, who'd been subject to bleeding for many years. Uh-huh. She'd been under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. Twelve years she was bleeding. When she heard that about Jesus, she came up behind him and the crowd and touched his cloak. It's NIV. We'll see about that in a minute. Because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt her body. She was freed from her suffering. Immediately, Jesus at once realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around and said, hey, who touched me? His disciples walked over and go, oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Uh, Jesus, dude, everybody's touching you. Jesus said, no, somebody touched me, for I felt power, dunamis, go out of me. At once realizing all that had happened, the woman came and fell trembling at Jesus' feet and told him all that had been done. Jesus said, daughter, what a kind word. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Then he said the word. What did he say? No. Did he, he say stop? No. He said G E U X. What did he say? No. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. This woman had an encounter with Christ that was outstanding. Outstanding. I love it. Because what I imagine is, first of all, Jesus is power walking. Everybody say, Jesus is going somewhere. <clears throat> you need to know that Jesus is going somewhere. Jesus is always moving. He's always acting. He's always in effect. People always say, Jesus, will you just move? The truth of the matter is, I know it's just a play on words, but Jesus is already moving. The question is, are you being a part? Are you able to be a participant? When I pray before I preach, I usually ask God to let me be a participant in what he's already doing. Because he's already going to heal people in here today. He's already going to touch your lives today. He's already going to give you baptism with the Holy Spirit and breakthroughs in the gifts of the signs and wonders of miracles. They're going to flow in you. I want to be a part of it. So I ask God to allow me to move with it. That's how it works. And so Jesus is power walking on his way to go heal Jairus' daughter. And as he's going, the Bible says, this woman comes up behind him in the crowd and says, if I, 
but touch his cloak. Or is it King James, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. Now, those of you who are biblical scholars in here, you know all this stuff. Okay, so just take drink cup, drink glasses, and ice tea. You already got this. Many of us already know she didn't touch just the hem of his garment. The hem is just the bottom of my pants. She touched the seat zit of his tally or his talent. She touched the little, uh, you know, little tassel on the end of his prayer cloth, his prayer cover. And so she reached out and touched it. But I asked you this question. How could she do that when she's ceremonially and socially unclean? She wasn't able to touch anybody. And the part that she touched on Christ was the only part legally she could touch without making him ceremonially unclean. How did she reach it without defiling everybody around? And the Bible says she came up behind him. Ooh, this is good. This is good preaching. I'm about to have some fun with y'all. <laughs> Jesus is power walking. People are crushing. I know what. I want to hurry up. I got I to gotta hurry up. And, and this woman gets down. So what did she have to do? She had to crawl. She had to crawl on the dirty streets. Cow dung, donkey dung, garbage on the ground. She's crawling through it. Dogs, urine, everything on the ground. People are kicking her. What is this? What's going on? Y'all know how it is during Mardi Crawl. What are you getting? What's going And she's crawling after Jesus. See, I've come to tell you something. Some of you aren't desperate enough. You try hard, but you're just not desperate. This woman said, I want my breakthrough so bad. She got on her hands and knees and she crawled. People are kicking her and she keeps crawling. If you want a breakthrough encounter with Jesus, maybe you just got to get down and humble yourself to the point where you get desperate and you're willing to do whatever it takes. Because when I said just dance, you didn't. How are you ever going to crawl when you won't even dance? <coughs> dance is easy. And humble yourself. You got to be willing to do whatever it takes. <coughs> like Abraham, Joseph, I'm going to go through whatever it takes. The kicking of the kingdom is done by the people who the kingdom has come for to the people who advance it. In other words, where you go, they're going to kick you. Tonight, when you go reach out, they're going to kick you. The only thing that's going to keep you from kicking back and busting the cap of somebody's behind. Because <laughs> you know we want to. Is the encounter. She finally got to him. She reached out and touched the seat zit of his tallio, that little tassel on the end of his prayer shawl. And the Bible says instantly she was healed. Not after he said she was healed. She was healed by touching him. See, I'll come to tell you something. Many of us have been waiting for God to touch us. And we sit there and go, God, touch me. God, touch me. God, heal me. God, restore me. I've come to tell you that I'm tired of that. I've gotten to a point in my life where I'm not waiting for Jesus to come to me. I'm going to him. I'm going to go find him. Wherever he is, I'm looking for him. If he wants to play Where's Waldo, I will play Where's Waldo. If he wants to send me to Africa to find more of him, then I'm going to Africa to reach the people, to experience more of him. If he says, go into the city and reach the city, pray to the Lord for it. And as the city prospers, 
prosperous, you will prosper. That I'm going to the city because I know he's there. I know he's in the city. I know he cares about my city. And so I'm going to reach my city. You know where he is? He's where people can't help themselves. He's asking us if we're willing to go. It's no sacrifice. It's just desperation. Well, she fulfilled the prophecy. Malachi. Malachi chapter 4, verse 1. She fulfilled it. You see, it was a prophecy laid up a long time ago, and it says this. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubborn. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch, but to you, everybody say you. You can even say me. Go ahead and say me. me. Who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like that. <laughs> like stall-fed calves. You shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes. Ooh, yes. Under the soles of your feet on the day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts. Now, I- I'm going to take my little liberties right here. Because I know that culturally... The Greek people did not wear a seat They did not wear a talil or a talit with this little frillies on it. And so it was hard for us to, to translate and transliterate this situation because they didn't wear those Hebrew clothing. They didn't wear the liturgical garments. But I know that the Greeks would call those garments that the, the Hebrews wore, they call that wings. When they wore that four-cornered sash. And so I read Malachi and I think, isn't that interesting? That the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his intercession. Healing in his prayer. What is he doing right now? He's praying for us. He's speaking to the Father on our behalf. And underneath him is the healing, the restoration, the breakthrough. In his name. In his name. How do you get it? Well, the Bible says, it said the whole earth is full of the glory of the Lord. I love the fact that the train, oh, I can preach about that. The train of his robe filling the temple. Oh, that's just sick. Because every time he conquered a new kingdom, they would add the flag of that kingdom or representation of that kingdom to the train of the robe of the king. So when he would walk through the city, the train would show the flag of Britain, the flag of, of, of Congo, the flag of, of, of Costa Rica, the, the flag of Samoa, the flag of Tonga, the, the flag of Hawaii, the flag of California. Every nation, every state, and every city would be represented as he conquered their armies. And if we allow him to conquer us, we become part of his glory. And he fills us with his presence. And the only thing that has to happen is the part of you that fights the kingdom dies. And you reach out. And you grab a hold of that for which Christ took hold of you. And everything changes. It starts right here. Right here. Right here. Here's what I'm going to do. Like all the, the elders, the leaders, the pastors, the even the visitors that are ministers, my professors, would you stand for me right now? I want you just to come up and, come on, buddy. I don't want you just to lay your hands on the walls 
the sidewalls. I want you to lay your hands on this altar. And I want you just to pray in the Spirit for three minutes. Just three minutes. Very aware of the time. I'm moving quickly. I'm believing that in just a moment, as we humble ourselves and we kill sin inside of us, and we come forward, you're going to touch this altar. You're going to touch these walls. Because we're praying and believing that these walls and this stage and this floor represents the seat set of Jesus, Talil. You say, I want an encounter with God. What do I have to do to get it? you got to do something you've never done and reach out and kill everything inside of you that's resistant to God and reach out by faith and grab a hold of Him. Faith is the substance. You know what that means? That you're going to grab something that has nothing to do with your breakthrough. But by faith, it will have everything to do with it. Because faith will change the substance of this into the kingdom that. And today, when you reach out and touch that wall, and touch the stage, and touch that wall, I believe spiritually you'll be touching Jesus Christ's glory. You'll be touching Jesus Christ's garment. You'll be touching the power and tap in like a plug switch. The power of God. And I believe you'll walk out of this room completely shifted and changed. By the glory of God. You say I'm crazy? Good. Good. Because I am. I don't give a rip about anything else. All I care about is touching him. I'm not waiting for him to come. Oh, if he loved me, he cut him out. See, skip you then. You just sit in your seat and you get what you've always gotten. How's that working for you? Hmm. Or do you want to come and get something like you've never had before? That's what I want. More. Not satisfied. I know it's crazy, but in a moment I'm gonna count down from ten. I like counting, I like order, I like structure. And when I hit zero, I'm gonna say go. And I want you, not right now, but when I get down to zero and say go, you're gonna say, you're gonna stand up on your feet, you're gonna scream, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And I want you to run, and I want you to touch a place on this stage, or touch a place on that wall, and I want you to ask God to meet you there, ask God to break you through there, ask God to show you more there. There's gonna be faces He shows you of people you're gonna reach out to today. There's gonna be power given you to speak in the lives of people you've never met and heal them on the street. There's going to be the glory of God that fills you up with the ability to endure tempting, trials, pain, and persecution. It's all going to come in just a moment. But right now, what I want you to do is I want you to look around the room and find the place where you need to go. And I want you to point at it. As soon as you know where it is, I want you to point at it. See, this? I believe the Spirit will lead you in the place that you need to go right now. Say, Lord, where do you want me to meet you? Where do you want me to find you? I will chase you there. Is it over there? Is it over here? Where, where, where is it? Just look around. Wherever you feel like you need to go. I want you to point. I want you to stay pointing. And I want you to say this. Just whisper it. Say, Jesus, I'll meet you there. I'm chasing you. I want you to do something in me that changes me forever. Maybe you're here and you need a healing in your body. I believe when you reach out and touch that piece of carpet, that piece of wood on the panel on the wall, that, 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 that paint, God is going to heal your body. 
Before any goofy evangelist lays hands on you, God will lay his hand on you. Some of you need a breakthrough financially. I'm believing. We've been fasting and praying for a reason, for strongholds of debt to be broken. God's going to give you victory and creativity to see financial freedom. Some of you have family that are so broken and bound by addiction. God's going to break addiction not only off of you, but off of every one of them. By faith in the name of Jesus Christ. 